Welcome back to the multimedia storage cabinet, Oddities, <laughs> and Floki. <laughs> Floki just yelling, oh my god. <laughs> Take two. Welcome back to the multimedia storage cabinet, Oddities. My name is Yuri, and my horror movie for the day at least what I'm feeling like, is trapped with a treacherous creature devil. Because oh. aren't we all just fucking trapped lately? Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly. And I am Serafina, and the movie I'm feeling like today is the Texas Chainsaw Assacre. Because every day just been feeling like ass, dog. <laughs> Bro, I really do swamp ass right now, too. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I'm Ambi, and today I'm feeling like the sci-fi horror classic Lizard President Doomsday in New York, mm, which okay. is just, yeah, it's fantastic. It speaks for itself, truly. I do I do agree with the nuance of that title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How have you guys been? Well, you know, living the dream, as us dying white people say. <laughs> I was about to say as depressed white people say. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There it is for sure. Um, I also have been living the dream, Ambie. I have been living the dream. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I'm so happy for that nightmare for all of us. I can't wait to get into today's episode. Me either. So let's just crack into it because I think we'll uh, have enough to talk about. Honestly. Yeah. Definitely. So today we are covering the classic, the original halloween and i pulled the synopsis for this movie off of rotten tomatoes um because it felt dramatic as fuck to me and i thought it was funny so on a cold halloween night in 1963 six-year-old michael myers brutally murdered his 17-year-old sister judith he was sentenced and locked away for 15 years but on october 30th 1978 while being transferred for a court date a 21-year-old Michael Myers steals a car and escapes Smith's Grove. He returns to his quiet hometown of Haddonfield, Illinois, where he looks for his ne- next victims. Dun, bum, bum. Dun, dun. That's the whole little synopsis. Nice. Yes, that's the whole synopsis. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has a 96% score. Damn. It's a classic, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what did you guys think? On a on a classic basics, I do give it like a nine point six for sure. Overall, it sits somewhere in the eights for me. I do like it, but it's not something I would go to consistently. Uh, it was my first time seeing it, and I've seen more recent Halloweens, and I have not been a fan. And I actually really, really, really liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, so I give it like good. a eight point eight, nine point two, somewhere in that range. Yeah, definitely. I will take it. Uh, for me, I don't know that I can truly rate this because I'm a slasher fan, a slasher aficionado. And uh, this is typically the first slasher I show people when people are like, oh, you really like Scream? I want to watch Scream. And then I have to be like, okay, but there's like three <laughs> other movies you have to watch before you can watch Scream. This is the one I normally start with. Yeah, this so, is homework at this point. It is. So, uh, I'm going to go through the cast really fast. I didn't grab everyone, but I got our main players. All iconic. Every single... I mean, this is just name after name of icons. 
So Michael Myers was primarily played by actor Nick Castle, who was John Carpenter, the producer's friend from USC Film School, and who would go on to co-write Carpenter's 1981 film Escape from New York, Mm -hmm. but was also played by production designer Tommy Lee Wallace whenever needed. When Myers is unmasked at the end of the film, he's played by actor Tony Morin, who would go on to appear in guest spots on TV shows like The Waltons and Chips. Morin was paid $250 for a day's work at a single shot in Halloween. That's crazy, but also like more than like what people are making right now. So yeah, good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we have Donald Pleasance as, uh, I call him Dr. Professor Detective Loomis. <laughs> I um, love him. He's one of my yeah. favorites. He's fun. And then, of course, we have Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie. The queen. The queen. Yes. The legend. The final girl. Literally. She's wonderful. Yeah. I'm obsessed with her, and we're going to praise her many, many times throughout this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we should. So, let's get into some one-star reviews, <laughs> because this movie does have them. Oh, really? <laughs> I yeah. can't wait. So, my first review. I'm really sorry, but this movie is so bad in 2021. <laughs> okay. Disagree. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, my next one. The name of this review is I Hate This Fucking Movie, where the <laughs> U is an at symbol for whatever. So oh, I okay. fucking hate this movie. I fucking <laughs> hate it. And this is kind of a long one, but the whole thing is funny, so I kept it all in. Why is this movie so goddamn popular? I mean, it's not <laughs> scary, it's not entertaining, it's not even interesting in any way, shape, or form. The characters in the movie were so annoying. Laughable dialogue by Dr. Loomis. Far too much suspense. I like some suspense, but after a while, if there is way too much suspense, I feel bored as shite. Shite. (laughs) There was a lack of action, which made me mad. The body count is extremely low, and the deaths in this movie were so bloodless. Michael Myers also kills for no reason whatsoever. There are also a lot of plot holes in this movie. A lot of things that are not explained, but whatever. I hate this fucking movie with a passion. Halloween 1978 is without a doubt the most overrated horror movie of all time. Zero out of ten. Oh, shit. When did they write this? (laughs) It was like recently. That's such a recent kind of thing to be like, there wasn't enough dead people. Because we're so desensitized now. There wasn't enough blood. There wasn't enough gore. Like, dog. And also, the fact that he, like, kills without reason is, like, that makes him scarier. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, that's the thing. Also, there doesn't need to be a reason. (laughs) Right. That's what makes him scary. There's no logic. There's no reasoning to it. But also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it. No, no, no. I finished your thought. You might... I was going to ask a question, but you might finish answer my question. No, probably not. Because how are you going to rate this shit at a zero out of ten, but remember the doctor's name? (laughs) You were paying attention at some point. Hello? Well, I was going to ask, and I don't know if this is too early in the episode to ask, but, like, was there a reason why he's just the way he is, or is this dude just like this? Dude is just like this. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know if maybe they like came out with the movie later that like went back and explained it. I was just so, like, so yes, why? he's so, just a killer queen, baby. 
Yeah, well, to be fair, there are later movies that, like, go into his childhood, like the Rob Zombie one, I do believe, does that, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of talks more about, like, why he's like that, but when this movie was um, put out, Mm -hmm. it was only meant to be a standalone single movie. There was never supposed to be any other Michael Myers movies. This was supposed to be it. I think I remember you telling me that, yeah. Yeah, because the idea was that every Halloween they would release a new Halloween movie with, like, a different storyline. And I will eventually make you guys watch Halloween 3 Season of the Witch because it's a fucking experience. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, that's why this movie doesn't go into a ton of stuff because it wasn't supposed to. People, like, they didn't expect everyone to be obsessed with Michael Myers. He didn't even have a name in the original script. They just called him The Shape. Yeah, you told it. I think you told me that in our people episode. I think it might have been. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, hi, my name's Erie, and I info dump about horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's why covering this one's fun because I'm sure Seraphina and Ambie have both heard me talk about at least some mm-hmm. part of this for sure. Well, because I was yeah, watching definitely. it. See, I'm a context kind of girly. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm watching this and I'm like, but why, Michael? <laughs> why? why? I say, Michael? but why often? <laughs> why are you telling these people? But Michael. <laughs> no, literally. Michael. I was literally saying that. And I had my uh, girlfriend over and she's just like, you're like, you're talking to him like you know him. And I'm like, well, why are we doing this, Michael? <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Myers. <laughs> uh, Mr. Myers, uh, quick question. Yeah, I Number one, how her. dare you? <laughs> so since we're talking about interesting facts i can cover a couple more this movie was filmed for three hundred fifty thousand dollars what yeah that's awesome yeah and the film grossed 47 million in the united states and an additional 23 million internationally making the theatrical total 70 million dollars good for them it is one of the most successful independent films of all time that's awesome. Awesome. Fucking rad, dude. Yeah, we I think about that all the time with like the original Friday the thirteenth, this honestly scream as well. Like they produced them with such small budgets and then like fucking made bank. Which I mean, they, see, that's yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's why I said in um the episode where you interviewed me, uh where I was like, We need to bring back smaller budgets because I think when people are thirsty or not thirsty, hungry. I'd be thirsty. <laughs> When people are hungry enough to make something really cool, they like really do such a good job at it. Yeah, I definitely agree with so that. So maybe we should make a movie, guys. Sounds great. You got 350k, baby? Um, I have 10k in a savings account. Okay, that's enough to, you know, do something. I I can find a William Shatner mask for that kind of product, you know? We, we got to do what we got to do. We got bones. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'll sacrifice a bone or two, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, it on. took less than two weeks to write the script for Halloween. Really? What? Well, well, that kind I mean, of makes sense. Let's be real. There's not that much talking, and there doesn't really need to be. No, no yeah. there doesn't. Yeah. Also, this movie was originally called The Babysitter Murders. <laughs> no. <laughs> yep. I'm. I mean, to be fair, that is what happens. That is it's, literally it what is happens. Correct. <laughs> uh, dozens of bags of fake leaves were painted by production designer Tommy Lee Wallace, and they were reused for various scenes in the movie because this was not filmed during Halloween time. 
Oh, really? So they had to like make it look like fall, even though it was in fact not. I they did a good job of it. Halloween time to record it. Well, I hey. think it was filmed in a place where they don't have seasons as well. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I think it was in California. Let me double check. Good old Tinseltown doesn't really have fall. I have so many questions to ask, but I'm trying to wait until appropriate times of the episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Halloween was filmed in South Pasadena, California. So yeah, they literally yeah. had to bring fall there. <laughs> they did a decent job of it. I mean, it really is a movie that gives you that good old fall feel. Yeah. Fly out to freaking Maine, man. Come on. Stephen <laughs> King's out there. He could have given you some advice. Maybe they had 350k and a dream. They weren't buying plane tickets. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. My bad. <laughs> no, they had two jack-o'-lanterns to reuse and painted a bunch of leaves. They were doing their best. <laughs> I love that, though. Good for them. And uh, as Serafina hinted earlier, the Michael Myers mask is a stretched out Captain Kirk mask from Star Trek. Which I think they bought for like $2, if I do remember. They just yeah, they, they picked it out of a, a shop. Yeah, they had like a few options, and that was the one that ended up uh, being the closest to like what they had envisioned, which is funny. funny is that I heard that before, and I was like, oh, it's bullshit. That's not true. Mm. No, it's it true. Is true. Yeah. Okay. I kind of find the like creepiness of it to come from like just this stark white mask that like shows no emotion or anything. Like it mm -hmm. didn't need to be more. They did. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. They did a good job with it. Agreed. And now it's legendary. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Literally built a legacy off of the Captain Kirk mask. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's go into the scene breakdown. I do have like the entire movie, so we're just going to kind of cruise through it. I've got some bits and bobs here of my own commentary. Feel free to intrude whenever you would like. All right. So at the beginning of the movie, we are starting in Haddonfield. We start with a shaky cam shot from the outside of a house. We're watching Judith Myers and her boyfriend make out on the family couch. You know, like teenagers do. As they do. They proceed to go upstairs, and our shaky cam proceeds to go around the back of the house to an open back door, which, like, come on, bro. <laughs> what are you doing? You're asking for it. I was watching this movie while my boyfriend was playing games, and there's, like, complete silence during the beginning, and then it immediately goes into the, like, Halloween theme that we all know and love, and it scared the absolute shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> so. Surprise. Our shaky cam person gets a knife out of a drawer in the kitchen and starts making their way to the living room and then up the stairs. We see Judith's partner leave and our shaky cam stalker starts moving up the stairs. We see that this person picks up a mask off the floor and puts it on and then we get the like iconic shot of like the camera from behind a mask like through yeah. the eyes, which is mm -hmm. pretty cool. Okay, yeah, that's good. So cinematically like awesome. Yeah. Yes. The person stalks into the Judith's room, and while she's sitting naked and we just straight up have tits out at her vanity, yeah, uh, she is fucking murderated. Murdered. So. Murdered. This first scene brought my one and only complaint about the entire movie. Okay, yes, go on. I'm a very noise-sensitive person. Okay. And when that siren started going off, you know, not the da 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 but the, like, siren sound or whatever oh, sure. it was. 
Yeah. I had to mute it. I had to mute it. It was literally like giving me anxiety. I was like, I can't, oh, I, can't no. I can't do this. I can't. I mean, I'm sure that's intentional, but. Oh, bro. I was like, I couldn't imagine being in a movie theater with that. Like, I would actually probably have a panic attack. I don't like loud siren noises like that. Yeah, and it, I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> Get me out of here. My only complaint about the entire movie was that. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so after she gets murderated, um, young Michael in a clown costume walks out of the house to his parents who are just now getting home with a bloody knife. So that's, you know, fucking sad. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like staring. So now we jump ahead and we're in Smith's Grove, Illinois. Uh, we see a car driving in rain. And there is a woman smoking a cigarette, driving a car with a man in the passenger seat. And they seem to be discussing, like, how they're going to a max security sort of, like, mental institution or, like, a prison. And they are talking about how they have to pick someone up because they need to bring him in front of a judge, regardless of, like, his mental state. And this is where we kind of find out, like, Dr. Professor Detective Loomis is a doctor. That's where that part of the title comes from. Mm -hmm. uh, the goal seems like keeping whoever they're talking about behind bars permanently. We don't want them seeing the light of day. And as we pull up to the institution, we hear the Halloween theme, as we know and love. And we see a bunch of patients, like, playing outside in the rain. And they're like, whoa, I don't think we could just, like, that you normally do that, right? And they're like, no. <laughs> they don't just like let them out in the yard. For yeah, that thing confused me a little bit. I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, presumably they like escaped. Right, right, right. Uh, the yeah, doctor yeah. gets out of the car to investigate, and the nurse is then pulled out of the car by someone we can't see. We just see their arms. We can assume this is Michael because we then find out later that it's definitely Michael because he then gets in the car and drives. This is one of my complaints. We taught this man to drive. I'm sorry. Right. You just said, we can presume this is Michael because we know it's Michael. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's they supposed like to be mysterious, but we know it'd be him. No, how does he drive? He went into this mental institution when he's like five. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. Like, do they just have driving lessons? Oh, see, now I want backstory. Like, what was teenage Michael like? Was he like a horny 17 year old, like all other 17 year olds, or did like did homeboy just want to kill? Like well, I want, I, I want some context. Presumably, he's locked up this entire time. Like he's like been in a mental institution, not being able to do anything other than being in a mental institution because he murdered the shit out of his sister. Like he's from Illinois. Is he a Bengals fan? Is he a Vikings fan? Is he a Steelers? Fan? I want to know these things about Michael. <laughs> Where's the autobiography? Hello, <laughs> dear Mister Myers. If you could, <laughs> and this is why I have problems. <laughs> So, um, at the end of this scene, Dr. Loomis says that the evil is gone. Because now, you know, the evil is out in the world doing evil things, we can assume, right? He do be evil. Do you know he that he's his name is Loomis because of Psycho? Really? No, yeah, his that. name is Sam Lo Dr. Sam Loomis after Sam Loomis and Psycho. Which oh, is where Jamie Lee's mom got her start. Yes, yeah. very true. Yeah, that's, that's why they picked her for this movie. Yep. At least that's why she was one of the number one picks for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, now we're going to Haddonfield on Halloween and or the day before Halloween. 
We zoom in to a standard Midwestern street. Lori Strode makes her first appearance, leaving her house and making her way down the street. Her dad, a realtor, tells her to leave a key at the Myers place as she's walking to school. Jamie Lee Curtis is a fucking legend. She is. Let, let us she take is. a moment to say. She's so um, cute in this movie, too. Yes. Yeah, She. this is like the start of her career. She's really young, and she fucking kills it. Yeah, she really does. I think. Yeah. And as Randy from Scream says, she's a scream queen. She and is. that is a fucking fact. The rent was due and she was paying it, you know? Can I just say, um, as someone who didn't really grow up on like horror movies and stuff, and uh me being just a few years younger than you guys, my love of Jamie Lee Curtis comes from Freaky Friday. Oh yeah. Yeah, me Definitely too. That was my first exposure to her. Yep, and she was honestly just as iconic in that, if not more. Yeah, okay. that's that's where my exposure of Jamie Lee Curtis is from. Yeah, I know her from this and from Prom Night, and but I'm a horror fan, so I've like gone back and watched all as we know. Yeah. So Lori meets up with the kid she babysits, and they talk about the plans for Halloween night because she's going to be babysitting him during that time. The kid she's talking to tells her not to go leave the key at the Myers house, which is where they are walking towards on the way to school and Lori's like nah it's fine dog I got it and she literally just walks up to it and like puts the key under the mat but then we have a scene of someone like standing inside the house in the doorway like heavy breathing Mm -hmm. like watching her you know stalking as Mr. Myers does having a good old time honestly um, this is kind of the first shot that we get of him doing that, and I say first shot because this is a recurring theme. We're going to see that a lot, of him stalking and breathing really heavy. He does it well. He does. It's very fucking creepy. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Smith's Grove, Dr. Loomis is debating with another doctor, Terrence Wynn, about whether or not Michael has returned to his hometown in Haddonfield. Doctor, where else would he go? I know, like he doesn't know <laughs> he anywhere was five. else. <laughs> he hasn't been anywhere else. Um, Doctor Wynn doesn't think Michael could drive to Haddonfield and blames Doctor Loomis for not warning the staff about the potential for Michael's outburst. And Doctor Loomis is like, "Bro, I've been calling him the evil since day fucking one. Y'all are fucking stupid." <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, first off, this is one of my favorite scenes of the movie. I don't know why Doctor Loomis is just so entertaining for me to watch. Love him. I love him. Secondly. Yeah. Maybe Loomis, you know, he was trying to like he was trying to father figure Michael, and so he taught him how to drive. You know, they like set up the cones, and he like, all right, son, and then put it in reverse. You know, maybe that's what happened. All right, see, I evil. Let's take a drive. And then everyone else comes around. He's like evil, and he starts yelling at him. And then Michael's like, oh, you. (laughs) See, I must have gaslit myself because for some reason I thought in this movie they talk about how. Like Michael had been like making friends with some of the people, and like he had been like help like driving the guards around or something. But I think that I've completely gaslit myself in that. Yeah, I don't remember hearing anything about that. I don't think Michael makes friends. You know, I mean, you're probably right, but yeah, for some reason I thought like because I had the same question. I was like, what? Where he going? Drive. (laughs) What he doing? I'm confused. So then we flash back to Haddonfield. We get a scene of Lori in school getting a view of Michael standing on the street, staring at her through the window. She's called on in class only to absolutely fucking destroy the question anyway because she's a goddamn legend. 
And then after she's done, you know, fucking schooling them nerds, she looks back <laughs> and Michael's gone. He's just disappeared. He's like, damn, she's smart. <laughs> damn, intelligent, Fuck. gotta get Intelligent out of woman. I'm terrified. Don't like this. Shaking in my boots. I'm outy. <laughs> and then we flash to the kid that Lori's going to be babysitting. Um, and he's being bullied at school. They're and like, the man. The boogeyman is coming. And they're like yelling about the boogeyman to him as he's carrying this pumpkin. And then he falls and destroys the pumpkin because they're bullying I'm so him. sad. You know, and I didn't appreciate this scene. Like, I was scared of the boogeyman. Don't scare me like that, children. Oh, very nice. Well, I don't like children. <laughs> the specific reason. This, this reason. Them. They're foul little beings. And I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> So after this, Michael is stalking. I keep calling him the kid that she's babysitting. He has a name. <laughs> oh, I gotta look it up now. I feel like it's like fucking Larry David or, Danny or, or Danny or yeah, Larry. <laughs> it's Larry. It's the seventies. True. What's the full name of Larry? Lawrence. Lawrence, you're right about that. Can someone explain how they got Dick out of Richard? They asked him nicely. <laughs> Have you never heard that before? No, that was really good. Uh, <laughs> Tommy was really good. Doyle. His name's Tommy, Tommy Doyle. Tommy, that's what it Doyle. is. Larry, Tommy Danny, Doyle. Tommy. David. David Busters. You know. You know how it goes. Amy so, Sorry, go ahead. Tommy Doyle is being stalked by Michael, who this kid literally does not fucking know. And he's and Michael is literally just like actively following him, obviously not trying to hide from him anything. Like stealth roll is zero, and this kid is just stealth <laughs> <No> roll zero. <laughs> like, not paying attention. That kid would be dead nowadays, honestly. Negative three awareness. Yes. Perception? Is it yeah, perception? Perception. Perception, yeah. So we flash back to Dr. Loomis. He's on the phone with Haddonfield police trying to warn them that Michael's on his way to murder. Murder. He's uh, at a payphone in like the middle of nowhere where he seems to have found an abandoned truck where Michael ditched his patient clothes from the mental hospital. The truck is for a garage. So we can assume based off of the truck... And the dead naked man that this is where Michael's jumpsuit came from. It's a fit. It is a fit. <laughs> Back to the high school with Lori and her friends. They're walking and talking about an upcoming dance. Her friends poke fun at her a little bit for not having plans for the evening because she's just a hustler and she's trying to fucking make that bag, okay? They sure. see a sketchy car with Michael drive by, and like it is kind of going fast for a residential area. But Annie decides to yell "Speed kills" at the car, which I was like, "Oh, like this is such a teenager thing to fucking do." I uh, loved this scene. One him funny. driving by is hilarious because it's like me on my way to Kroger, you know. <laughs> it's just like speed kills. It's like that's speed so kills. like eighties, like seventies and eighties. This so he just like slams on his brakes. He's like, "Oh, really, bitch?" Ah. He's like, oh, hold so up. <laughs> yep. So after you know he slams on the brakes and they're like, "Well, fuck, I mean, maybe we're about to something's gonna happen here." He then drives off and the girls keep walking through the neighborhood. 
Uh, we hear the, like, eerie stalker music in the background, so we know that, like, Michael's still around. He's doing his thing. I love the idea that he was, like, driving, and he, like, slams on his brake, and he's like, no, Michael, not yet. Wait, it's not worth it. We'll <laughs> <laughs> do it on Halloween, Michael. Just wait. We've got to wait. Annie and Lori see Michael ahead of them in, in the sidewalk, actually, like, as they're walking to their respective houses. When they blink, he seems to disappear into a bush, and Annie walks up to the bush and makes a joke that Michael wants to take Lori out tonight, <laughs> <laughs> even though he's not actually there. Take so, me out tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they finish hey, the walk home. Little. Oh, damn. I guess we weren't finished. <laughs> we were not we done. I apologize. <laughs> Halloween acapella. <laughs> so they finish their walk home and they make it upstairs. To, Lori makes it upstairs and sees that Michael is standing outside in the yard, like just hanging out between some hanging laundry on a clothesline. Like, I also very much love this scene. Yeah, it's a very fun scene. So that happens. And then the phone rings, which always love a good phone ringing scare, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, Lori answers it only to not hear anything when she does answer it other than like heavy breathing and like chewing sounds I mean so we've all been there thinking it's an obscene phone call then she gets another phone call and it's Annie and Annie's like bro I had a mouthful I couldn't fucking say anything to you and it's like why are you calling people when you have <laughs> your mouth hello 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 just wait 20 seconds like it's not even like it's why why you are acting like this? <laughs> uh, so they're talking about their babysitting assignments and about how Annie's gonna come pick up Lori so they can go to their respective houses to uh, babysit. And when Annie does come and pick Lori up, they're literally just driving around smoking pot. <laughs> I like how their lives just kind of revolve around babysitting. That's just like that's just what they do. So babysitter murders. Yeah. <laughs> so meanwhile, while all this fun pot smoking is going on, Dr. Loomis arrives at the Haddonfield Cemetery with the graveyard keeper, apparently with the intent to visit Judith's grave. When they get there, they discover that Judith's, Judith's headstone is missing, like just straight up gone. And uh, Dr. Loomis is like, this was Michael. Which I'm like, sure, okay, but like, why, Michael? How Why? strong is he also? Like, they're not... His sons aren't light, you know? No, and he just ripped it out of the ground. Like, can we going? All he's done f since he was five years old was just lift weights and, like, Dude, think about lift? murdering teenagers. And, like, watch videos <laughs> on how to drive cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, Dr. Loomis used to take him out. That is my headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> Some driving Miss Daisy shit. Mm-hmm. So now we're back to Annie's car where the girls are smoking their lovely joint and hanging out, living their lives. Uh, Lori tells Annie about seeing someone in her neighbor's backyard. Okay. While behind the car, Michael is still driving the Smith's Grove sanitarium car. And he's just like slowly cruising around. Which like, I feel like if I saw a sanitarium car, I would be like, okay, what the fuck? But yeah, I take a little bit of a notice for sure. Everyone's fine with it, I guess. 
You well, guys don't want things to be clean. I don't. I don't, I don't, you don't want things to be clean. <laughs> yeah, the sanatorium. Um, I do think though, like a huge part of this and why she doesn't freak out, right, is like it is Halloween. Like going around them, like are like kids in costumes and all this other stuff. Like For sure. So it's like you see this crazy looking dude in like a mechanic suit in your neighbor's laundry. You're not like, what the hell is going on here? You're like, oh, Mr. Loomis or not Loomis. I guess that's his name. Like Mr. Johnson must uh, just be getting ready for a Halloween party. He's just really into Halloween. (laughs) Me. (laughs) Me also. So they are still driving. They turn a corner and Lori takes a giant hit and then starts coughing. And of course, as soon as that happens, they run into Annie's dad, Mr. Brackett, who is a cop, by the way, who is standing in front of a store in the distance. Uh, And Annie's basically like, Laurie, you need to get rid of that joint ASAP, my guy. Like, my dad's a cop. Okay. Literally worst case scenario. Also, like, why did you pull up to him then? Couldn't you just be like, oh, sorry, dad, I didn't see you. Just wave, turn the other way, you know? Yeah, like oh, yeah. Stop. But they stopped and talked to him and rolled the windows down so we all know that he smelled it. Like, yeah, right. Sure. He, one, he's right. a cop. He's not dumb. And two, y'all just hit that. <laughs> <laughs> no Febreze, no nothing. Nothing. Hey, so gosh. they start talking to him and uh, he's like, some kids broke into the store and stole a couple masks, some ropes and knives. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's Halloween, baby. What else are they supposed to steal? Need some rope and knives ASAP. Honestly, with the amount of time he spends just sitting around, I wish that they would have been like, an oddly a Sudoku book. (laughs) 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 He's just sitting around. He's really into crossword puzzles. Yeah, I was going to say, Michael doing like a crossword puzzle. (laughs) A word search, you know? He's just playing chess with some man in a park. (laughs) I don't know why, but my brain was immediately like Michael Myers sitting in a park playing Snake on a Nokia phone. <laughs> like it's so terrible, but why do I just have this headcan of Michael Myers being like a like a nice guy? <laughs> oh, that's because we have trauma, and mm-hmm. that's the same reason that I'm obsessed with Ghostface. But we can revisit that in another time. <laughs> <laughs> you could fix him. I just want to stand over his shoulder and see what he does next. <laughs> yeah, true. So um, after the girls drive off, Dr. Loomis drives up and starts talking to Mr. Brackett so that, you know, he can be like, hey, man, the evil, it'd be here. It'd be, it'd be here, bro. <laughs> the so evil we go, is in the park playing chess. The, the evil is You know here, what I think of? He wants to play Sudoku. <laughs> I think of um, uh, Mermaid Man. Evil! <laughs> <laughs> Facts. So we go back to the car with Annie and Lori. They're talking about going to the dance. And Lori is, unfortunately, lets it slip that she has a crush on a boy named Ben Tramer. Never do that. Don't expose your weakness. Keep it to yourself. (laughs) Keep that shit in the bedroom where it belongs. For real. (laughs) Annie drops Lori off at the Doyle house and then goes to the Wallace house because she is watching her respective child there. And, of course, as they walk into the house, the good old Smith's Grove sanitarium car pulls up along the curb. And Michael gets out and hides behind a tree in the Wallace yard watching Annie very closely. Which might be foreshadowing. Who knows? 
Hmm. If you had to take a guess. Meanwhile, Dr. Loomis and Mr. Brackett arrive at the abandoned Myers house. They begin to search the inside where they find a partially eaten dog. It is off camera. I do have, like, animal death warnings because I have a hard time watching it if it looks too real. I think a yeah. lot of the movies have kind of uh, taken into consideration that people don't want to watch it if it looks too real. This was, yeah. like, done a while ago. So, so it looks like, like that because it that was what they were able to do. But mm-hmm. in this particular scene, they just talk about seeing it. They do not actually show anything, which I appreciate. Yeah. Mr. Brackett says a man couldn't eat a dog like that. And Dr. Lewis goes, this isn't a man. It's evil. <laughs> it's evil. Um, the two of them walk upstairs and Dr. Lewis shows Mr. Brackett the bedroom where Judith was murdered. Suddenly, a downspout falls away from the building and breaks the window near them, startling Dr. Loomis, who then draws his gun and will, like, bro, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Just pull the gun out on any reason. Dr. Loomis, it's not that serious. It's just Michael Myers. Okay, relax. Evil! (laughs) He begins describing his 15-year-old experience of watching Michael, seeing nothing but pure evil inside him. (laughs) Mr. Brackett asks what they should do, and Dr. Loomis tells him to inform the rest of the police just to ask them to keep their mouths shut. Basically, like, don't let anybody know this is happening, but we need to find him ASAP. I feel like that was the wrong call. I concur. Like, shut all, that shit down. They don't want to, quote, incite a panic. Okay, well, people I feel die. like that was the right move there. Maybe mm-hmm. we should panic. There's okay. a reason to panic. At the disco yeah. and here. Illinois. Yeah, because there's lots of uh, deaths of the bachelor going on. <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So, um, before the scene ends, Dr. Loomis decides that he's going to stay at the Myers house because he thinks that Michael's going to come back eventually, which, like, fair, this is kind of his, like, respawn point or whatever. So, we go back to the Doyle house. Lori is reading King Arthur to Tommy. And Tommy says, I fucking hate this book. Read me a comic book, bitch. I fucking hate it. (laughs) I fucking hate this shit. Um, Soon after this, Tommy asks Lori what the boogeyman is. But, of course, as soon as he asks it, we get another phone scare. Where someone is calling. Um... It is Annie again, who apparently just likes to really scare people with calling them on the phone. Annie's low-key kind of a bitch. Honestly, I think she just has really good comedic timing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Annie is calling from the Wallace house, and she tells Lori that she called Ben Tramer and told him that Lori was into him. Honestly, bitch move. I know, right? Lori's pissed, as anyone would be. And begs Annie to say that she didn't talk to him and that, like, you need to call him back and tell him that none of that's true and that you're making it up, basically. Yeah. And while this teenager exchange happens, Tommy looks out the window and sees the evil standing next to the Wallace house, as in, like, a black silhouette. He obviously loses his shit because he's been bullied about the boogeyman all fucking day, so he has, like, a complete meltdown. But when Lori looks, there's no one there because he's... Now he's really good at stealthing, apparently. Yeah, dog. He leveled up. Nat How's 20. that big-ass man hide, bro? 
Tim's bulky. He's completely silent also. Yeah. See, my thought is like, is he wearing shoulder pads and lifts? Because he's still only just a 17-year-old. I thought he was 21. Oh, he's 21. My bad, my bad. 17 years. He's lifting, okay? You know what? You're absolutely fucking right. Every teen boy has a phase where we lift weights, and some of them it just sticks a little longer, but it's a canon event. We can't interrupt it. Every teen boy in a sanatorium Uh, (laughs) lifts weights. Mine happened like fourteen to fifteen, and I was like, yeah, "I don't, I don't like this at all." <laughs> Physical activity, I want oh, a refund. Like, I love sports, but when I try to like, I just don't like lifting weights. I just hate it. I think it's awful. But this is not relevant at all. But I just think it's terrible. I needed to ask, though. No, for sure, for sure. So now enough bullshit has happened, and Michael has completed his stealth mission, and he is at the back of the Wallace house now, near the kitchen door. He's just a uh, sneaky little guy. Huh. Suddenly, Annie pours butter all over herself, making popcorn. Like, such an Annie move. Um, classic Annie. Classic Annie. Uh, and, of course, she just immediately strips as soon as she does it. Which, like, okay, go off, Annie. There's literally a small child that you're babysitting. But, like, <laughs> that's fine, I guess. Uh, Annie finds a button-up shirt and puts it on, so she's wearing nothing but the button-up. And, um, while she's going through this whole thing, Michael accidentally knocks a hanging plant to the ground and kind of spooks Annie, like, oh, something might be going on over there. And then Michael's, like, Honestly, the saddest death. Yeah, so trigger warning... Uh, the plant and also trigger warning because uh, the, a dog does die in this next little se- mm. sequence. They do show it on the camera. Again, this is an older movie. It doesn't look that great. You can definitely tell that the dog is fake. So it's not completely terrible. But R.I.P. to that stuffed animal. Yes, literally. <laughs> um, but if you don't like watching it, don't watch it. So inside the Doyle house... Lori and Tommy are watching The Thing, which is also another John Carpenter movie, which is fun. That uh, is fun. Once again, Tommy asks Lori about the boogeyman, and Lori's like, bro, the boogeyman's fucking fake. Which, like, we all know he's not, but go off, Lori. <laughs> Back at the Wallace house, Annie goes out to the outdoor laundry room, which, that must be so terrible. Like, what if it's raining and you need to do laundry? <laughs> Well, they're also, like, in an area that has, like, snow. Yeah. So imagine it's, like, winter, and you're like, fuck, I gotta get the towels. Yeah. Like, like that would suck. Absolutely. You're just never doing laundry the entire winter. Right. That's why the neighbor puts uh, all the laundry outside, you know? Yeah, they don't want to walk. like, well, if I'm out here anyway. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. So, Michael is looming in the background at Annie as she's, like, in this outside laundromat, basically. Um, and she manages to accidentally lock herself inside the laundry room. She tries to call for Lindsay, who is the kid she's babysitting, and Lindsay is in the living room just, like, straight up watching a horror movie living her best life. Vibing. Bro, she yeah. said Lindsay, like, so many times. Oh and yeah, Lindsay. Oh my god, oh, man, <laughs> Lindsay. Yeah, over and over again. But Lindsay does not give a fuck. She's living her best life, and Lindsay answers the phone, and it's Annie's boyfriend Paul, who apparently the the dude who voices that is actually John Carpenter. 
Oh, really? calling, which is fun. Okay, so I do this every movie. But I thought uh -huh. Paul was hot. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> wait, Paul, wait, do we do we don't ever see Paul, do we? We oh, always see Paul not um, with the glasses. No, that's what's her face's boyfriend. The other one. The other girl oh, in the trio. The um what is his name? Keith? No. Uh, what was what his name? Bob? Bob? I do, I I do feel Bob. like he had like a weird... I'm trying to see if I can find it. Bracket? I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean for this. It was Bob. John, <laughs> he's played by John Michael Graham, Bob. Yeah, Bob. Oh, and her name's Marion, right? No, her name's... um. The other one. Is her name Marion? The other one. Is it Linda? Oh, God. I'm so sorry for this. <laughs> yeah, you did this. Yeah, Linda. Oh, it is Linda. You're right. PJ Souls. Yeah, PJ Souls. Linda. Yeah. yeah, so her, that's her um, boyfriend is Bob. And that's who you think is hot. We yeah, never he, see Paul. He was a hottie. Paul was grounded, and that's why he wasn't able to hang out with Annie. That's how this whole thing started. So anyway, Lindsay eventually, well, first she answers the phone and realizes that it's Paul, and Paul's like, hey, go get Annie. And Lindsay's like, yeah, okay, I'm a child. I'll do what you told me to do. So then Lindsay goes and finds Annie stuck, like, in a window. I don't even know. It was such a porno, like, scene. Like, yeah, how did you get, like, stuck? The whole movie is very porn. I'm stuck in the dryer, stepbrother. Yeah, stuck. like you were kind of waiting for the stepbro to show up the whole time. Yes, mm -hmm. this whole sequence with Annie felt very much like that, for sure. Yeah, it did. So, Annie helps. Lindsay helps Annie out, and um, Annie's talking to Paul. Paul tells Annie that um, his parents left the house so he can seek out to see her because he was grounded for like egging someone's house or some high school shit. Um, and he asks classic Annie Paul. to come pick him up. Literally, classic Paul. <laughs> so, because Lori is Babysitter Supreme, Annie takes Lindsay to the Doyle house so that Lori can watch Lindsay. Because that's, like, kind of the joke here is, like, Lori's the only responsible one. Lori is me. I am Lori. Lori is me. I was going to say the same thing. I... There's so much that happens in this movie that, like, I was never, ever going to do any of that. Me either. Like, my boyfriend's coming over to a house. I'm like, no, absolutely I got a kid up. I have to watch. I'm in charge here. No way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm like, the kids asleep, come over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, basically, Lori's like, I will only do this for you if you call Ben Tramer and tell him that you were just fucking around, basically. <laughs> Which, like, okay. Yeah, Go I mean, fair. So... Lori agrees, uh, and Annie goes off to pick up her boyfriend, Paul. She's singing a song about Paul on her way over oh, there. Weird. She's going to um, the garage to get her car. When she gets there, she realizes that her car is locked and she needs to go get her keys from the house. She goes and gets the keys from the house, comes back to her car, opens the car. The car was unlocked, as in she did not unlock it herself. And she sits down in the car, and all of a sudden, Mr. Michaels appears in the backseat. 
Mr. Michaels Myers. Mr. Michaels Myers. He's like, <laughs> hey, girl, happy Halloween. He's like, Surprise, bitch. <laughs> it's me, bitch. And this is kind of like our first on-screen death because he did kill that um, like mechanic yeah. dude earlier, but we never see that other than the dead body. Uh, he strangles the shit out of her like in the beginning. Yeah, it's a little brutal. Yeah, it is because he was in the car waiting for her. And when she sits down, the part that's like freaky is she notices that the car window's fogged over and she can wipe it from the inside. Which means that, like, someone is in the car. Yeah. and um, Unsettling. Then he stabs her a bunch. And there's some blood in the car. And then she dies. Yeah, he's uh, a big fan of stabbing. Oh, yeah. He's Classic a big Annie. stab fan. Classic Annie. And then he, uh, she, her, like, body falls on the, the steering wheel. And the horn just, like, honks. Which, like, I guess it stops eventually. Because no one really, that doesn't come up again. Like later. Yeah, ever. No one notices nothing. So we go back to the Doyle house. Tommy and Lindsay are watching TV, and Tommy hides behind a curtain and whispers Lindsay's name, trying to scare her. And um, then Tommy turns around to look out the window, and he sees Michael carrying Annie's lifeless body into the Wallace house. Uh, and yeah. then everyone starts screaming and is upset. And Lori, they're like, Lori, there's a boogeyman. And Lori's like, you're fucking dumb. Like, there's not. It's Lori's fine. like, that's just Annie being Annie, y'all. It's classic. <laughs> it's <just> classic Annie. <laughs> Annie's back on her bullshit. You know how it is. <laughs> you know how that bitch gets. You know what it is. Meanwhile, back at the Myers house, Dr. Loomis is waiting in a bush like, yo, he's going to be here any minute now. He's just loomisin' around, you know? Yeah, you know, Dr. Professoring, uh -huh. wherever he needs to be. <laughs> After a while, a bunch of children come up to the Myers house, because it's Halloween, so they're all daring each other to go into the house, because everyone thinks it's haunted, because someone was murried. Uh, murried. They murried. were murried there. Good for them. <laughs> they were brutally murdered there. Relax, um, that brutal. Okay. She got murdered tits out. It's Sorry, pretty brutal. By her brother in a clown costume. I mean, it was five. It may be that way sometimes, you know? Um, when they, like, kind of stalk up to the house all scared, Dr. Loomis, like, yells at them, and they, like, yeet the fuck out of there. They're like, absolutely the fuck not. I love when he yelled at them like that. <laughs> Me too. It's very funny. Um, Dr. B Dr. B Mr. Brackett is a doctor now, guys. He's graduated from cop. Good for Mr. him. Mr. Brackett jumps out from behind Dr. Loomis, scaring the absolute shit out of him after he just scared the kids, so it's kind of funny. Um, Mr. Brackett complains, telling Dr. Loomis that it will take more than a fancy talk to keep him up all night crawling around bushes. And uh, Dr. Loomis is like, okay, but the evil. <laughs> We're concerned about it. Mr. Brackett agrees to continue looking for Michael in the case that Dr. Loomis is right, but he adds that if he is right, quote, damn you for letting him go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, back at the Wallace house, Linda and Bob arrive in a van. They're both just straight up sipping open cans of beer, which, like, okay. And they're obviously, like, pretty fucking drunk already. 
Um, they go over the plan where basically Annie was going to distract Lindsay because Annie was supposed to be babysitting Lindsay so that they could go upstairs and have sex at the Doyle house. Whoa. And they are trying to accomplishing accomplish that not knowing that Annie is like dead and that Lindsay isn't even there. So they get inside, they find that there's all the lights off and no one's there. They see that opportunity and they start making out on the couch while uh, our boy Michael is watching them do this, of course, because that'd be what he do. That'd be what he do. It did did give me the ick. I was like, you know what, Michael, I like you, but this is, mm, I don't know about all that. These are teenagers, like... Respectfully, Sarah, the whole movie doesn't give you the ick. No, Michael's a Mm. nice guy. He's figuring it out. This is the only (laughs) part... He plays Sudoku in the park, brother. Like, what are you talking about? He likes chess and long drives through his Midwestern town. Oh, I do, too. Me and Michael are the same. You're just wholesome kings, you know? Yeah. yeah. This I mean, leads this... me to one of my major questions, but I'm going to wait till you get to, like, the end of this scene sequence. Okay. I mean, at this point, we're going back to the Doyle house. So do you want to ask it again or ask the question now? No, no, I, I will wait, because when, when you get to that part, I will ask, and it's relevant, but it's just, uh, I had this question since it happened, but I'll wait. <laughs> okay, so, back to the Doyle house, Lori, Tommy, and Lindsay are carving pumpkins and having a grand old fucking time, which I'm jealous of and would love to be doing right now. Amen. They all sit down on the couch to watch some scary movies, and again, the fucking phone rings. I'm sure Lori is fucking over it <laughs> at this point. Um, stop calling me. I know, bro, like, I'm just trying to hang out. I got a job to do. It is Linda calling this time where she is asking where Annie is. And Lori was like, well, she went to go get her boyfriend, but I thought she'd be back. Um, Lori tells Linda to call when Annie gets back because she has Lindsay at the Doyle house. So she needs to know when to like put her bed to bed. And Linda's like, fuck yeah, bro. We have the whole house to ourselves. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. So back to the Wallace house. Linda and Bob, fuck, and we have to watch the whole thing happen. I know, it went on for so long. <laughs> it, did, it did. Yeah, and like they they didn't really do a good job of like emulating sex. It was just kind of no. like a lot of shifting around. Under a oh, you mean that's not how you do that? Oh, I yeah. thought that's what sex was yeah. when you mean. Uh, I learned everything about sex from the original Halloween movie by John Carpenter. So this is news to me. Let me have a conversation with Dave. No, oh, God. We got to talk about something, buddy. <laughs> also, during this scene, the phone is ringing a bunch of times, and they just, like, take it off the hook. Like, it's fine. I mean, I don't blame them. If you're trying to get it in, you're trying to get it in. Also, as the fuck is happening, we see Michael's shadow slide across the wall, so we know he do be there lurking. He do be. Uh, after they're fucking, they stop. Linda lights a cigarette, which is just such a like seventies, eighties yes. thing. <laughs> I love it. I caught it. Classically, exactly I wrote in my notes. I was like seventies cigarette after sex. <laughs> yep. Um. Soon after. <laughs> now in twenty twenty three, it's let me hit your vape. <laughs> let me hit your vape. Oh my god. Where's my vape? Where's my vape, babe? Have you, you seen like my vape? Twenty twenty three Halloween. Can you go grab me a truly from the fridge, please? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because the next scene is uh, Linda having Bob going to get her a beer from the scene. I mean, uh, as he should. As he fuck, you're right. Linda's a queen. 
I mean, he just gave her that good dick. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he definitely did not. <laughs> he was <laughs> into it. Mediocre dick. Yeah, he was. She he was having a great time. Mm. Yeah, she this had a wonderful. Jennifer's, Jennifer's body situation. Oh, he was she, what did it. she say? Hold on. She said, "This is fantastic." Is what she says. The most fantastic forty-five seconds of her life. You know. Yeah, she's really living it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did think that like he pulled out, answered the phone, then went back in, and he was done pretty quick. I was like, my man, that's all you got? <laughs> <laughs> he really, phone calls just really do something for him that he couldn't stop himself. <laughs> so downstairs, Bob goes to get the beers out of the refrigerator, and he's going to pour them into glasses when he suddenly hears a spooky noise. He looks outside through the kitchen door and doesn't see anyone there. So he opens up the pantry, which like obscures the view of the outside kitchen door. And as he does this, Michael jumps out and shoves him against a set of cabinets on the opposite wall. And this is the part where it's like, okay, we're seeing his like lifting skill here because he stabs him with a knife hard enough that Bob's entire body is suspended by, like, a single butcher knife into the fucking cabinet. Ouch. And um, Michael just hangs out there looking at him like, wow, look at my... I really did that shit. (laughs) He did it. So here's where my question comes in. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Does Michael just have something, like, some kind of past, like sexual trauma or something and he just can't because he seems to murder when people have sex is like what i was starting to i don't to, they, i'm sure it's not revealed and he just be so killing but that like, is a theme of the slasher genre is that if you have sex or do drugs or die. say i'll be right back you die yeah it's it's like purity culture dramas are like christian propaganda yeah, uh, yeah. So is every movie about demons too? Until you get to Scream, because Scream is when they flipped the script on the on the the whole um, cell for like original slashers. But up until then, that that was the theme of like every slasher, any of the Friday the Thirteenths, anything that was that was the theme. Gotcha. I also have a question. Yes. That I would like to put this conversation up for grabs. Do you think Bob deserved to die for oh. taking beers and pouring them into glasses? No. Why wouldn't you put it in I hate when people take cold cans of any drink and then pour it into a glass. You're losing your carbonation and there's no need. Just, let, just give me the damn can. Well, <laughs> it's, it's already a, in a glass. When it's a beer, though, and you pour it in a glass, you get the foam on the top. Okay, who gives a shit? They're teenagers. They're going to drink it in 20 seconds anyway. Okay, sure, but you asked who pours a beer in a glass, and it's me, so I'm trying to defend myself mm. here. Fair enough. I, if I'm at, home, if I'm at home, I'm always pouring in a glass. If I'm like really? out like a, at like a fucking thing, then I'll drink it in the can, preferably with a koozie to keep it cold. But yes, when I'm at home, I drink it in a glass. I, I think I'm just such a carbonation whore that like I... Don't I? I'm not trying to lose any damn bubbles. Just give me the damn drink. See, I hate carbonation, so maybe that's why. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I also hate extra steps. It's the ADHD <laughs> in me. I just like I need to just drink it. Just like, can we just get it over with, Bob? Like, what are we doing? I this is like why you die. Ritual of like getting a nice cold beer. I have a glass specifically for beer. Putting it in my beer glass, drinking the beer. Damn, that's some real artisan shit, there, girl. Yeah. 
Go so on. no, I don't think Bob deserved to die for that. Okay, fair enough. For me, for me, I'm sorry, Bob. You were kind of like off with his head. I uh, know, just like you know what? This is what you get for taking the extra twenty seconds. Just go back to where you should be. Did you just Somehow, hear same Floki? <laughs> Somehow I still don't think he'd be alive, even if he had uh, not Bortleman glasses, honey. I mean, you are correct, but if you're in a dark kitchen, first and foremost, bad idea. Um, and you're just wasting your time pouring things into things that are already into things, like you're going to get stabbed from behind. That's the lesson I took, you know? Okay, sir. The lesson should probably <laughs> be more aware of your surroundings, but go off, Queen. Dude, I'm, I think that's the other problem. I'm like too aware of my surroundings. I'm like, I don't, how could you stand in a dark kitchen? She is an aware queen. I hate it, honestly. I've never known peace. (laughs) (laughs) Me either, dude. Me either. So, uh, now that we're all apparently okay with Bob dying just because of the way he pours beer, we go back to the stairs. Hey, it's just me. I'm on on an (laughs) island here. Great. Uh, We go back upstairs to Linda, who's in bed filing her nails, when the bedroom door creeps open, and we're seeing someone dressed in a sheet like a sheet ghost with bob's glasses over the top it's very scooby-doo looking it's very funny we know it's not bob because bob's dead as fuck but linda thinks it's bob classic linda so linda's like bob where's my beer and of course michael myers doesn't talk (laughs) so he just stands there menacingly hanging out can you imagine can you imagine that is when he breaks the silence and he was like listen bob was doing some extra shit in the kitchen i had enough on a rant (laughs) (laughs) who pours a beer in a glass that's what i'm saying dog (laughs) who pours a beer and he just throws the knife like also it's not their beer right yeah, exactly. So that's my, that even adds to my point. He poured, he took somebody else's <laughs> beer and poured it in somebody else's glass, giving them dishes. It's already you in know, a can. Maybe this is actually vigilante justice. I'm just saying. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Linda dr- ends up showing her boobs again. Classic seventies, eighties horror films where we get tit shots all the time. Hey, boobs. And- she gets pissed because Bob and slash or Michael is not replying to her. So she picks up the phone to try to call Lori to figure out where Annie and Paul are. When she dials the number just as she's about to speak, Michael comes behind her and strangles to death with the telephone cord. He do be strangling. Which, like, you think about it, that'll never happen this day and age because telephone cords don't exist. God, we're all so much safer. We take it for granted. You gotta use your hands these days, baby. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Classic Ambi. (laughs) So, the phone, though, does actually ring out, and Lori, like, answers the phone and is then listening to Linda make basically sex sounds Mm -hmm. very loudly over the phone. She did. And, uh... Lori be like, what the actual fuck? And like hangs up because she's like, another fucking call? It's weird tonight. Like, what the hell? Annie, if you still have your mouth full. No. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Lori tries to call the number back at the Wallace house and no one answers. So she goes and checks on the kids. Everybody's safe for now. All's okay in that babysitter's house. 
That babysitter ain't getting murdered. So, meanwhile, back at the Myers, Dr. Loomis still stands waiting when suddenly he sees the Smith's Grove sanitarium car. So he begins running down the street, pretty sure that he's finally found um, the evil. Evil! I <laughs> thought <laughs> oh, we were kind of like rotating doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? yeah, I appreciate that, yeah. Um, at the Doyle house, Lori still receives no word from anyone at this point. Her friends haven't been calling her back. Like, she doesn't know where anyone is. And at this point, she has a bonus kid that's not even supposed to be at this house. So she's like, now I gotta go figure it out. Uh, she goes across the street to the Wallace house. And when she gets to the front door, it's locked. She tries to get in and can't. So she walks around to the side of the house through the kitchen door, which is where Michael went in. So... It do be ready for the entering. She goes inside. Just like and Linda was. Oh, literally. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, she searches around for any sign of Annie, Linda, or Bob, thinking like, oh, they're hiding. Like, this is just them fucking around. And then she goes upstairs, sees the light from a jack-o'-lantern streaming underneath the bedroom door. She opens it and sees Annie's lifeless body on the bed with the Judith Myers headstone above her. And then, of course, she starts panicking because she's like, oh, fuck, my friend's dead. Like, oh, no. And then as she's panicking, Bob's dead body drops down from the doorway, hanging from the ceiling. Hate it. Again, cue more screaming. Uh, the closet door opens and Linda's dead body falls out. Again, we're screaming because all of my friends are dead now. Worst case scenario, really. Three to three. All my friends are dead. <laughs> okay. We can make like an edit, you know, with the little Uzi Vert song. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Lori runs out of the bedroom into the hallway, backing herself against the wall, and out of a darkened room, Michael's mask appears in the doorway behind her. Oh. Oh no, we're scared. Lori <laughs> walks forward, standing against the balcony. Basically, it's like the railing, because it's like a two-story house. Um, and Michael reaches out with his knife and stabs her directly in the shoulder. Lori screams and falls down the balcony, which fuck all that, and fucks her ankle <laughs> up. <laughs> like, she stabbed, and she fucking fell from the second story, like, bruh. Michael is now stalking the shit out of her very quickly, and uh, Lori is running the best that she possibly can. She runs through the whole house, runs through the kitchen door, um, and tries to go back out the way she came through that kitchen door, but a rake has been shoved into the doorknob outside, so she can't actually open it, so she's trapped in the house. Um, Michael's hand suddenly breaks through the other door behind her as she turns the locked the lock and enters the room Lori's freaking the fuck out now everyone's fighting everyone's upset it's not a good time basically the whole world shook yes it do be yeah it do be she screams for help finally getting outside she tries to run up onto another person's porch and is yelling for help they turn the lights off which like i'm like okay i guess it's halloween and they think this is people being stupid but like i feel like if someone was yelling for help i'd at least look through my people you know? No, that was crazy. They just like turned the lights off they on her. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. No southern hospitality here. No. So she starts making her way back to the Doyle house. She reaches for the keys in her pocket and realizes she ain't got no keys, bro. She's been pickpocketed. 
Or they fell out of her pocket when she fell off of the second story. Who knows? (laughs) It's hard to keep all your shit together, you know? (laughs) It is. So she starts banging on the door, but the kids were asleep when she left, so they don't get up quickly to help her. And Michael appears behind the Wallace house, so Lori is yelling and starts throwing plants at the bedroom window to try to get Tommy to let her in. Eventually, he does wake up, and he's like, why the fuck are you yelling, bitch? Like, I was just like... Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Who disturbs my slumber? Dares. So she finally gets inside. She locks the door. She turns the lights out. She's like, I'm safe. This is great. I can breathe a second. So then she looks over and sees that the fucking window is open. Uh-oh. Not Uh-oh. great. So she starts, like, stalking around the living room. And, of course, Michael just does what Michael does, and yeets himself out from behind the couch, and then Lori stabs him with a fucking knitting needle. Like, in the neck. Like, fuck you, motherfucker. (laughs) And he falls down, and Lori's like, ah, he's totes dead. Like, I don't have to worry about that. But she is like, she's lost blood, she drops down, and is like, hangs out for a second and then goes to check on the kids but at this point like she's fucked up like she's been running around there's a lot going on outside dr loomis is walking down the sidewalk with mr brackett's police when mr brackett's police car pulls up and dr loomis tells him that he found the smith's grove sanitarium car and they can start looking for michael now like he's probably here because we found it there's evil evil Meanwhile, back at the Doyle house, Tommy and Lindsay run up to Lori like, bro, are you okay? And she's like, nah. Uh, but <laughs> she's like, I think that he's dead. Like, it's going to be fine. We're good. And then Michael is not dead and starts lumbering toward them. Michael's so then, like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, hello there. You, go- you going to learn today? <laughs> hello there. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Tommy and Lindsay scream and run away Lori is basically trying her best to get away from him and uh locks herself in a closet with like the flimsiest doors of all fucking time (laughs) (laughs) they're not even doors dude they're an illusion and for some reason they hold like i don't understand how he has a problem with these doors because they're like (laughs) made of paper i don't get it um, so eventually he breaks through the top half of the closet door. Lori grabs a wire coat hanger and stabs him in the eyeball with like, ugh, yikes. No. Mm-hmm. Hate that. He jumps back in pain, drops his knife. Lori's like, hell yeah, give me your knife. Grabs it. <laughs> um, Michael then falls to the ground again. He's probably not dead, but you know, we think he might be dead again. So then Lori tries to get out of the closet and basically tells Tommy and Lindsay, like, hey, you need to get out of here and go get help from someone else. Because at this point, we don't have cell phones, and you're my cell phone now, so, like, I need you to deliver this message. So they leave the house screaming, and when they do that, Dr. Loomis sees them running outside, and he's like, oh, shit, the evil's death in there. So we go back inside the house. Lori is slumped against the doorway of a room tired like she's in and out of consciousness at this point because she's lost so much blood she sprained her fucking ankle lots of running everyone's dead like there's a lot happening she doesn't notice that behind her michael is starting to stand up 
Lori, though, starts to leave the room, not looking back. And Michael then grabs her again and tries to strangle her. Lori fights back and pulls his mask off, revealing Michael's true face. And then the hero of our story, Dr. Professor Detective Loomis, appears at the top <laughs> of the staircase and shoots Michael with a gun. Michael falls backward into another room as Lori falls against the wall behind her, covering her ears like she's, you know, you would be deaf if a gun like that goes off in a room. So right. Pretty realistic. Um, Dr. Loomis chases the murderer into another room and sees him standing in front of balcony. Dr. Loomis then unloads five more bullets into this man and he falls off the balcony, like down onto the ground. And everyone's like, okay, he's like for sure dead now. Like, <laughs> and the doctor looks back to Lori, and Lori is like, "It was the boogeyman." And Doctor Loomis is like, "As a matter of fact, it was." <laughs> and then the they, evil, the evil. And then they look back down, and they realize Michael is gone because he is in fact unkillable, and he is gone. And Lori realizes that Michael's not dead, and begins sobbing. And the film ends with a shot of the Myers house. And the sound of Michael breathing heavily behind the mask. It's just Annie. <laughs> it's just Annie. And that's it. You know, setting us up for more movies potentially because he's unkillable and out there. And you know what? There were many more movies. There were so many, many more so movies. Many. And it just goes downhill from here. <laughs> but yeah, that's the whole movie. Are there any of them that are like close to the original or are they all just kind of bad so i've watched the first like five i need to go back and watch the like rob zombie ones which i hear mixed reviews about but we all know how i feel about rob zombie so who knows i might actually like them yeah that uh, was the first halloween i watched was the rob zombie one because i had never seen any of them and then when that one came out i did watch it it's I have I had very limited knowledge when I watched it, so I couldn't compare it to anything, but I didn't mind it. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, I need to do, like, a binge. I did a Friday the 13th binge on Friday the 13th and got, like, a ton more lore about that. Um, Michael is not my favorite slasher, but this movie and a couple of the other Halloween movies were very pivotal to the slasher genre and the horror genre in general. So I think at least seeing this one is worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good intro for sure. And I mean, that theme is, it's just good. But, but not the siren. But not the siren. Not the siren. I agree with you on that. So I did look it up. And I know that I earlier said that I had gaslit myself. And I did because he... Dr. Loomis talks to Dr. Wynn, the other doctor, and the Dr. Wynn is like, he couldn't even have driven a car. And the doctor's like, well, maybe someone around here was giving him lessons. And I think it just stuck in my brain. Oh, it was like a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. It was him. He was giving him lessons. For, yeah. Because, I mean, homie was whipping it all over that town. He was. He was ready. It's, so, it's so good. Almost every shot from this movie is just iconic. Yeah. It set a really good standard for sure, but man, it is porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get the uh, iconic Halloween jack o' lantern that, like, it, is actually really shittily done and doesn't look very good, but that's, like, the thing uh-huh. that people know from Halloween. 
Overall, um, I think it's a great fucking movie. I think it's worth a watch. I think if you're someone who's just getting into horror, it's worth a watch because I think it's an easier watch because there's not a lot of blood and gore. And yeah. it was filmed in the late 70s, so it's like... They didn't have the money to make things look crazy, so it doesn't look crazy, so that makes it easier of a slasher, I think, as an intro into that genre. I don't particularly love slashers. Like, it's just not really my area of expertise. Find me with the ghosties, but uh, this one is... It's good. It's fun. Like, when... I do like Halloween movie marathons like this is it's on there, you know, just because it's Mm -hmm. it's fun. It's spooky enough, but it's, you know, not enough to keep you up. I was going to say the same thing. I'm not a big slasher person. I'm more of like a psychological horror, like the Mm -hmm. the demons and stuff. But then also I told Eerie that I thought like, uh, what's it called, Eerie? Saw. Saw was like a slasher. I thought that's kind of like so. Maybe mm-hmm. I do like slashers. I just don't like. Well, no, because I I despise Texas Chainsaw Massacre with a burning passion. No offense. That mm-hmm. is a slasher. But why do you hate Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I just can't get into. I just don't like it. It's just blood and gore. I just don't. It just doesn't do it for me. But you do like Saw. No, I don't like Saw. Oh, I thought, I you thought were saying Saw was like even. slasher, and I was like, oh, I don't no. like this. But no, I watched Halloween. I was like, oh, this is actually like really entertaining. I actually like. I love the cinematography. I love the score. The music in this is fantastic. Yeah, and like the writing and the acting is just that corny '70s charm. That's like old timey. Like it's just nice. It's enjoyable. It's definitely fun. It's like stepping into an era that doesn't exist anymore, which is really fun yeah. to do. Um, but also knowing that it doesn't compare in any way, shape, or form to like what we have now, because now everything is. Bigger bodies, bigger kills, bigger blood, you know, all of that stuff. So yeah. it's fun to watch something that's, like, kind of fun to watch now, even though I'm sure when it came out, people were like, what the fuck? People <laughs> were dying in the movie theater because of how scary it was. People can't get out of here without throwing up and asking for their tickets back or whatever the fuck they say <laughs> now. The movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cursed. Yeah, this movie's never been uh, actually cursed. Which it's just know. a little evil. evil. <laughs> we had to get one last one in, right? Of course, of course. Well, thank you for attending this journey with me. I know that this isn't exactly your guys's cup of tea, but we do have plans to eventually watch Scream, and it is very important to me that you are well versed. <laughs> In the movies, I need you to be in order for us to watch screen. Okay. So. I'm glad we did our homework. I absolutely am. I appreciate that you're like, uh, what's the word te- teachers use for like their school year? What's it called? Their um, syllabus? Curriculum? curriculum. I like that you're giving us a proper curriculum for this. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, yes, right. of course. I just don't, um, I don't like ruining movies for other people. And Scream openly talks about the plot of the couple movies that, including this one. So it's important that Scream doesn't ruin the plot for these movies because there is such joy that people experience when they watch these movies and they have zero context. Um, and yeah. like figuring out what's going on for the first time. And like, I got to watch one of my close friends do that. And I'm like, I cannot take this away <laughs> from other people. I have to make sure that I provide this to everyone else because it's just so fucking fun watching people be like, well, who's the killer? I'm not really sure what's going on. It's great. And so I just make sure that my curriculum 
covers that so that everyone gets to enjoy it. And worst case, we watch something that you hate, but at least it wasn't ruined by another movie. <laughs> well, Amen. this one was like an 8.8 .8 out of 10 for me, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah, good. it's good. It's fun. Okay. We'll watch again probably well, every like Halloween for the rest of my life. We want. <laughs> Hell yeah. I watched Hell The yeah. Halloween Tree on Halloween. That movie goes hard. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Oh. I don't know that I've seen that either. <gasps> oh. A new movie has entered oh, the God. villa. <laughs> Halloween tree. All right. Add it to the list, kids. Sweet. Well, if you're still here listening to us ramble about whatever the fuck, because that's do be what this podcast is about. Um, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Make sure that you are not stalking people. Keep that to yourself. Um, and stay odd, Arcadia. Bow, 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 bow. Evil. 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 <laughs> <laughs>